And now, with Sound Investing, here's Paul Merriman. I am thrilled to say that today I got two emails from people uh, in, uh, in, in the teaching profession who have suffered for years with terrible investment choices in their retirement plans. And finally, and in both cases, they worked hard, not only for themselves, but it benefited everybody who, uh, who works there in those school districts, uh, were able to finally get Vanguard funds available. In fact, in one case, it looks like they're even going to have access to the, uh, the DFA and Avantis funds. Uh, I'll report more on that one later because it may be a, a great source for uh, other people uh, in the teaching industry where the insurance industry has had such a, a tight grasp of uh, a choice of investment uh, uh, asset classes and funds. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about today that uh, I don't want this to be a sales pitch because uh, I, I am extremely excited to have the opportunity to go back in October uh, at almost the same time as I am turning um, um, 80 years of age and, and, and make a presentation uh, at the Bogleheads Conference. Uh, and um, I just want you to know that if you're interested in attending, uh, they have a limited number of tickets, but they do have, as I understand it, they still have tickets available. It's a, it's a three-day event, uh, and you can go to boglecenter.net to find out uh, uh, to find out more. I guess it might help if you knew where where it was going to be, but Rockville, Maryland, and there are a, a bunch of I'm I'm thrilled to be part of this group, uh, including Christine Benz and uh, Bill Bernstein. By the way, Bill Bernstein's got a new book coming out. I got an advanced copy. I'll be talking about that next week or week after. It's 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 great. Jonathan Clements, Charles Ellis, Rick Ferry, Mary Beth Franklin, uh, uh, Clark Howard, uh, Wade Fowle, Mike Piper, and Alan Roth, and Michelle Singletary, and others. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, some great topics. Uh, Rick Ferry and I are going to have a little uh, kind of a debate. I noticed that I'm up first for 20 minutes. And after I've shown all of my cards, then he's going to take me apart. I can just, I can just see what's coming. But we're going to talk small cap value. But I just want you to know that if you go to BogleCenter.net, even if you're not going to the conference, there is so much information on that website. It, it has the archive. Uh, from, from, I can't say everything that John Bogle ever wrote, but just a ton of papers and, and, and speeches uh, and, and, of course, access to all of his books. Um, and then there's an area called Bogleheads University. And what I found there were 
videos from last year's conference. And if you wanted to get a sense of, uh, of what the presentations might be like, uh, I think that you would find watching those of some interest. Uh, I think they've got the complete conference uh, available for anybody who goes to BogleCenter.net. And also, uh, there is a, 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 another, uh, another place here is there's Bogleheads University um, resources. Anyway, you go check it out because you're going to find a lot of very interesting information, even if you're not going. I am not sure uh, what they do about selling videos uh, right after the uh, not uh, right after the conference, but obviously it looks like after some period of time. Uh, it's free to everybody, which uh, is what John Bogle, I'm sure, would want. Uh, I want to talk today about uh, a truth teller, a new truth teller. And I want to make sure that you understand why we put the effort that we do into letting you know about people that we think are providing information that is in your best interest. Because our, our number one goal in the work that we do is that you trust us and the work that we do. That you really feel like we are looking out for your best interest. Because at the, at the end of the day, in a sense, what we're asking for is, is we're coming to you for a job. Uh, we would like you to hire us, the price is right, as uh, one of your teachers uh, in life, particularly in the financial part of your life. And I do believe that those people we trust are going to have the biggest impact on what we do in life. And of course, as far as we're concerned, we're talking about your investments. And so the truth tellers, they aren't all just individuals. In some cases, they are organizations. In some cases, they are individuals within an organization, like both John Reckenthaler and Christine Benz uh, at uh, uh, Morningstar are uh, truth tellers. In fact, many of the people that you would see at that Vanguard or the Bogleheads conference are on our list of truth tellers, like Jonathan Clements, for example, and Christine Benz. But here's what we believe. We believe that there's an area that we have some pretty good um, uh, competence. In fact, I, I would say that the, the the portfolios that we recommend are as good as uh, of any as any a portfolio that I see recommended. Whether you want a lot of, of of diversification or a little diversification with just a couple of funds, but you still want to get as much diversification from those couple of funds as you can. I mean, we're working hard 
in that particular area. And of course, our work on distributions and and during the accumulation uh, phase, I, I think some of our work is is amongst the best in the industry. But there are so many other topics. And there are so many levels of depth that they go to. Uh, and today, I, I want to talk about, first, I'm going to talk about a guy named Ben Felix. Now, Ben Felix is known to a lot of you. Uh, he is uh, uh, head of research uh, and portfolio manager at PWL Capital in Canada. And I really believe that of all of the folks doing YouTube pieces to educate, that he truly uh, is one of the finest. He's a quiet kind of guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, he's not aggressive. Uh, and when he took uh, Dave Ramsey, and I'm going to give you a link to what he did with Dave Ramsey he was so kind to him uh, at the same time as he was making it very clear that he disagreed with the kinds of things that Dave Ramsey was trying to convince people to do. But, but Ben has done over a hundred videos and they're on average, I think, around 12 minutes long. And everyone that I've watched is a jewel. Now, in some, he digs deep. I don't mean it gets so complex that it gets confusing, that, you know, there's so many numbers you just get, get buried in, 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 in confusion. No, he, he, he makes it clear, but he's, it's evidence-based kinds of investment education. And uh, I think if you watch a couple of them, and I've got links in the notes for a few of them, I think you'll see why I think so highly of his ability to get people to understand some things that uh, I'm not sure they that, that they always get. And and so let me just introduce you to three pieces and why I thought you would find it of interest. His piece on Dave Ramsey. Uh, really is a discussion about Ramsey's uh, uh, confidence in actively managed funds. And what he did that I thought was just really helpful was he would show Dave in action, making a very heated, uh, uh, really aggressive uh, belief in that he's he has found the funds that can produce a better rate of return in the future that will be better than index funds. And there's really no evidence that anybody can, can let alone uh, Dave Ramsey. But he shows you the evidence. And when you go to the part on, the, on YouTube where it says show more, he has lots of, of, the, of the research right there. And in almost every case, this information comes out of the academic community. And you may want to look at the abstract. You may want to look at the conclusion and not get into all the detail. But what he is doing is making sure that the position he takes is not 
not just a convenient sales pitch, but is in fact backed by evidence. So um, in in the Dave Ramsey piece, uh, it, it's about 12 minutes long. Uh, I think if you run into somebody after you've watched that, and you know the person likes Dave Ramsey, this person you're talking with, and you know that you may have a different set of beliefs, well, I would have no problem encouraging them to watch this YouTube piece. And it would be terrific if you saw your kids heading in the wrong direction. And then I have one that is uh, uh, more basic uh, about uh, investing, and it, 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 the, the question it asks, and he answers beautifully, is investing risky? And of course, you know probably that direction he's going to go, is that if you look carefully, it may be that bonds are the risky investment uh, rather than, uh, uh, than the equities. And you won't be shocked to find out I also recommend one on small and value stocks. Now let me give you an idea of how good this piece is. It has over 600 comments. Now I did not read all 600 comics, comments, but I read them for pages, and I will tell you that People are thanking him for this work, uh, and uh, it just it makes me feel great that he is helping people understand uh, the the potential advantage of having some small cap value in your portfolio. So that's what Ben does on his own, and uh, and just be prepared. He's a pretty straight faced guy. It's him standing there talking with you with a white background and a few graphics. And it's, he's very kind of matter of fact, no jokes, but, uh, but I think you'll find him to be an effective teacher. Now, something else that his firm does is they do a, a, a video where each week where they interview somebody and uh, and and they have had I did, uh, some tremendous guests. Uh, the reason this even came to my attention this week is because one of our followers, Ron, said you got to listen to this interview of Professor uh, uh, Mayor Statman uh, on financial decisions for normal people. And I did, and it was absolutely a terrific interview. And I got to tell you, several years ago, they interviewed me, and, and it was one of the best interviews I've ever had. I don't mean to say that I was smarter or dumber than normal. It just, they're so easy to work with. So I'm going to encourage uh, you, and I'm in, in the note field, we have the, uh, uh, the, the link to the YouTube piece that uh, uh, Cameron Passmore and, and Ben Felix did with uh, Dr. Statman. Uh, I, I think you'll find it very interesting, 
and, and Dr. Statman is a is a specialist in the behavioral uh, end of investing, uh, not building portfolios. And I also asked that uh, Margie include a link uh, to the uh, both the podcast and the video uh, where they interviewed uh, interviewed uh, me and. I hope you'll find something uh, something new in there. Uh, again, uh, I think Ben and, cert- and and certainly Cameron is is a straight shooter as well. I think they're probably the biggest DFA advisor uh, in in Canada. And as 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 things happen in life, I didn't realize that he was. Uh, grew up on Vancouver Island uh, in Canada. And uh, our daughter uh, went to a, a school called Brentwood up there. And I, I said, by chance, by chance, did you happen to go to Brentwood? And, uh, and by chance, it turns out that not only did he graduate from Brentwood, but his father graduated from Brentwood. Uh, and his father actually uh, worked on the Brentwood campus uh, while Ben was growing up. So uh, Brentwood campus is, I just think, uh, one of the most wonderful uh, places for kids to get an education. Six days of education a week, one-third arts, one-third athletics, and one-third academics. And uh, it, it, it was a marvelous exposure. And by the way, I can't help myself because that little girl, now our youngest child, uh, just graduated with an MBA uh, from Portland State University, uh, making an old man really happy. I think I mentioned that I'm working on a bunch of lists to be released in October when I turn 80. I'm going to ask you for help with one of them. The others, I don't need the help. Uh, the one of them is uh, is on the 80 myths of investing. One is on 80 lessons of, in, of, of investing. One is on 80 mistakes investors make. And one is on my favorite 80 quotes. There's where I would like your help. I think many of you are like me, and quotes mean something to you. They are sometimes guardrails to 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 keep what you believe in uh, in mind. I, I know for years I've been sharing with young investors what Warren Buffett has to say about saving, and that is. Don't save what's left over after spending. Spend what's left over after saving. And if we can ever get young people to buy into that approach to investing, uh, that is just a huge step uh, towards long-term investment success. But you may have a quote that you've lived with about investing that has... uh, uh, it kept you on the straight and narrow. Uh, and if you would be kind enough, just email me, paul at paulmerriman.com, 
Tell me what your favorite quote, the life changer, uh, is, the guardrail protector is, and, uh, and I will certainly consider if it's helped you, it would probably help others. So uh, do me that favor, if you will. Now, I'd like to address a, a couple of questions that have come up lately. Um, and one happens often, actually, and I have to take a look and get a sense of whether uh, to, to, to recommend one direction or another. But here's the question. A person wants to do a combination of either the, the target date fund and small cap value, or they're interested in doing the two-fund strategy where you use the S&P 500 and small cap value. And in most cases, not all, but in most cases, I could say almost all, I guess, the S&P 500 is available at a competitive price, at a low price. It's not always the lowest, but it is normally uh, uh, pretty good. Well, compared to actively managed funds, anyway. But often, the small cap value has been selected because, uh, unlike the idea that the S&P 500 is very difficult to beat, even though lots of funds beat it, there's a belief amongst, maybe it's, maybe it's a quote that people believe because they've simply heard, in fact, it's, it's, it's a, a myth that it's difficult to beat the S&P 500. That will be one of the myths, of course, in my list of 80 myths, and that's simply because you can beat it by, by the, the easy step is to go into a equity asset class that is that is more aggressive, like it could be large cap value, could be small cap value, uh, it could be a number of asset classes, could be emerging markets. Doesn't mean all the time, as we know, but over a very long period of time, there are expectations that some equity asset classes outperform large cap blend. Now, that same feeling when it comes to index funds, people who run a lot of these 401k plans, uh, the people who may be recommending the funds said, we found a fund or two or three that, uh, that they could select from that have had a better track record than uh, the indexes. Well, that's, that's, certainly, that's certainly true. That would be easy to do with the S&P 500 because if you look out 15 or 20 years, only about 10% of the funds are able to outperform the S&P 500. But people have got it. People understand that it just because something outperformed it for 15 or 20 years, that doesn't mean that it's going to be in the right S&P 500 stocks to outperform it for the future. In fact, the odds are against them being able to do that. 
But once you get away from the S&P 500, it becomes uh, uh, possible for these experts to convince the trustees of these 401k plans they should be going into an actively managed small cap value fund. And the problem is the small cap value fund may have, in some cases, more than a 1% uh, expense ratio. So does it make any sense to put a small cap value in if it's going to have an expense ratio that's about 1% more than the S&P 500? Well, that's a tough one because that's a big difference. We talk about a half a percent being a big deal. So trying to make up 1%, that, that's a challenge. But we do know that if we look back uh, 50 to, well, 50 years, that premium for small cap value over the large cap blend, the S&P 500, is about a 5% premium. Now, lots of people believe, in fact, most of the academics who believe the history of small cap value is, is in line with their belief that you get a higher return when you take higher risk. So you, you, you may not get five, but would it be legitimate now that more people know about the small cap value advantage? If more people know about it, will they bid up the prices of small cap value to a higher level that when they do make their move, the return isn't a 5% difference, but instead is two and a half, or instead is two. And if one really thought that there was going to be, over the long term, with an actively managed fund, uh, the ability to make an extra one and a half percent, it would be okay. The problem is, this is the reason that index funds are so helpful. The problem is when you look at the long-term performance of these different asset classes, you're going to have funds that end up in the bottom quartile in whatever asset class they are in. And those funds could, in fact, leave you with lower rates of return than you would have gotten with the not only with others in the small cap value index, but it could be less than the S&P 500. You take that risk when you have active management. So what I typically do in a case like that is try to convince those folks who have high expense, small cap value funds Take a look at their IRA. Many, many cases they've been sitting on money in an IRA that could be used for small cap value where they have the freedom to do as they wish. Sometimes it means going to a spouse's account and negotiating that if they 
have uh, opportunity to get access to small cap value. It is a problem. And uh, when I get these these uh, notifications from people who follow our work that they are finally convincing these school trustees uh, to to make these changes, that's, a, that's, that's great news. And the challenge is that if those trustees happen to follow the work of people they trust, who they think are operating and advocating totally in their best interest, you can show them numbers for hours and they are going to stick to their guns because they've got their advisor that they trust. But what we can hope is like what happened in these two school districts that they didn't, they did not make the sale to, to fire the active managers and replace them with index funds. That's not what they were doing. All they were doing was begging to add the index funds. And, 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 and so it, it doesn't mean that those people who have these strong beliefs about active management can't have their way, but it is unfair to take away, I think, that choice from people who are trying so hard to have build up enough money that they can retire and live the lifestyle that they hope because they had the right investments to do it with. And the other question I, I, I want to uh, respond to that I, I get a lot is about the uh, kind of how to understand uh, the information on our best-in-class uh, ETF recommendations and the portfolios uh, that we have put together using those ETFs. Uh, we have, if you look under the boot camp uh, link, you will see uh, information on the best in, at the bottom. There's a link to information about the ETFs, the best in class ETFs. And when you go to that page that opens up, uh, you will see there's a video there, there's an audit, there's a, uh, a podcast there, and there's an article there, all of them about those best-in-class uh, recommendations. But I would love you to also go down under the bottom where the tables are there uh, and other information. There are two... Uh, articles uh, and information uh, from Chris Pedersen uh, that will help you understand. The first two in the last grouping will help you understand. In fact, we'll, we'll have those links uh, in the notes to, uh, uh, to this, this podcast. So uh, I hope some of that helps today. I hope to see you in... Uh, uh, back in Rockville, Maryland, uh, and and when you if you go to that page about uh, about the conference, the the Bogleheads conference, and you look at the people who are coming, and you think, God, I've always wanted to ask uh, Alan Roth this, 
or Mike Piper or something else, email me the question you want to ask those people, and I will do my best uh, to get your answer. So uh, uh, I, I hope you go take a look at that page of people uh, who are coming. So be well, enjoy the summer. Um, keep sending that book. We're talking millions to friends and neighbors uh, and uh, folks at the at the office. Uh, we're still trying to get that into as many hands as we possibly can. And as always, for those of you who are kind enough to send us uh, contributions, uh, uh, we are a 501c3 uh, foundation. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. But thanks for being here. That was Paul Merriman with Sound Investing. Sound Investing, soundinvesting.com, and paulmerriman.com are produced and exclusively owned by Paul Merriman, who is solely responsible for their content. For more information, free articles, mutual fund recommendations, and more, visit paulmerriman.com.